Welcome to Waking Up From Breaking Up, the podcast all about breakups with real experiences from ordinary and everyday people. My name is Ira J, and I'm your host. So just a reminder that this podcast is breaking up with old versions of yourself and releasing old perspectives that no longer align with your new self or your new growth or your new mindset and it's waking up to a new version of who you are now. So this week we interview a friend of mine named Melissa. She has started her interior design business called Melissa Interior Design in her home country, England. She focuses on holistic interior design and offers well-being interior design services that is grounded with inspiration from nature and infused with hogeek? philosophy. Um, When I first met Melissa, she, I think she was lost. Actually, no, I didn't think she was lost. I know she was lost. She didn't seem like herself. She was, she second second guessed herself a lot. And um, she called it an imposter syndrome. And she didn't know what she wanted to do with her interior design career. She worked really hard and committed herself to her growth and her transition and has now combined her passions of being a yogi and an interior designer into her business. This interview was recorded just before 2022 and Melissa takes us on her journey of from not being sure where she wanted to do with her business, her life, and uh, where she is today and her future goals uh, for her business and life in general. Tune in at the very end for the reflection section of this episode. All right, enjoy. So, Melissa, you're good? Yeah, yeah, I'm good. I'm so happy to be talking to you again. I know, like, you've changed so much since you and I met. When did we meet? Like, 2017? 2018? Uh, 2018, yeah. It was July 2018. Yeah, you were going through some life transitions, I would say. I still am. (laughs) Well, I think we're always going to be, right? But I think it was a a major pinnacle in your life. And I remember before you went back home to England that you were doing meditation. You did a, a whole entire course, right? And you're a yogi. Yeah, I am. Um, it's my it's my true passion in life. I'm also an interior designer, which um, is also a passion, but secondary to the yoga, meditation, wellness side of things. And when I came to Vancouver the first time, when I first met you, I wasn't aware that I was in a transitionary period. I was just there to you know travel and explore, and um, ended up like most people do when they go to Vancouver, training as a yoga teacher. And through that... Hey, three not all training, of us. <laughs> I'll, I'll <laughs> so take the benefits of it. But yes, yes. <laughs> um, through that three-month training, you know, it was totally transformational. And that is what really was the pivotal moment for me in um, deciding to just do what the hell I want, whatever the hell I wanted to do with my life. Um and be true to who I am and not try to fit into people's expectations, really. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, being also in the design industry as well and construction industry, you know, everyone thinks um, interior designers are this, they're like slotted. You're pretty much a quote unquote, don't hate me people, decorator. 
you know? Oh, gotcha. <laughs> yeah. And a, de a decorator and a diva. <laughs> the two Ds. Who yeah. <laughs> all the tradespeople on site hate, you know, which is partially true. They, do, they don't really like us because we tell them what to do all the time. But no, I, that's something that I was a bit like, I always struggled with when I first started interior design kind of feeling a little bit like it was very um, superficial and all about the aesthetic and I being a, you know a yogi at heart even before I did my training felt like I wanted to have a bit more impact and have my work actually be more meaningful than just making people's faces look cool um, so when I did my yoga training and I decided to approach interior design from a different perspective that's when I started to look into holistic interior design and how my spirituality can be harnessed to create spaces that support people's well-being rather than just a space that's on trend which will have to change in the next three years you know but it looks great right now so yeah it was it, not really what I expected from a yoga training it was much more life-changing um but definitely amazing yeah and you're combining your two passions into one and making a business out of it. Yeah, how lucky am I? <laughs> you know, you are, absolutely. And I think, um, you know, you may not know you're in the middle of a transition. Nobody knows that they're in the middle of a transition. We're in the middle of a transition right now, even. Uh, I think, I think that you made, uh, you made an effort because when you and I first met, you, you weren't like, fully confident in your interior design um uh skills because you i was like oh yeah i can help you get a job and you're just like oh my portfolio is out this my portfolio is out that. you were you were like you're just like oh thank you so much but you were not ready for no i was not ready <laughs> yeah no. and yeah no. you <laughs> like I, it wasn't a bad thing but i i, I knew it because you were just scattered and you were just not confident in your skills and when you when you did the yogi yoga training and yogi training um and then you made this decision I was like yeah okay she's coming into her own and yeah. it was a big decision for you mm. yeah like I think, yeah yeah go ahead back to back to the uh that that part about the portfolio you know I feel like because I didn't get a degree in interior design like my training is not university level I always kind of felt inadequate and unworthy of being able to call myself an interior designer so when you tell me you're an architect at that time in my life I was like oh my god I can't talk you know I can't send my work to an architect it's not good enough I'm not a really an interior designer um, and I still kind of have that a little bit now but I've done a lot of personal development work and I know when it's my ego and my imposter syndrome coming up and I just go, mm, no, I'm not going to listen to that. That is not true. That's a limiting belief. And then you just move past it and carry on. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I definitely was not ready at that time when you were like, I can get you a job. I can get you some work. I was like, um, no, I'm just going to go and do yoga over here. <laughs> yeah, I think I had more faith in you just knowing as that you're a go-getter than you had it yourself at that time you know definitely yeah I was like no you will do wonderful <laughs> and you were just like no <laughs> and you were very apologetic and I was like don't don't be like it's all good and you know it, it's funny because um when I tell people I'm an architect everyone's like oh my god that is so cool blah 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 blah, blah. and I'm just like it's okay it's yeah it's fine know. you know? I know and and I'm like it's nothing 
more than whatever anyone else is doing, right? I, I think people put so much um, emphasis on their occupation and their educational mm -hmm, uh, degrees that I'm just like, as long as you're a good person, that's that's what I care about most. I don't care what you do, what level of education that you are. I believe on your genuine honesty and authenticity. And I think that's what originally attracted me to you. And so I'm not surprised that you have created a successful business in both your passions and that you're creating interior design about, I think it's, correct me if I'm wrong here, um, the how the space makes a person feel and more of um, a human connection to their built environment rather than, you know, getting with the style of the quote unquote times or the fad of the interior yeah. design. Yeah, yeah. Um, it is in a way, um, yes, but the sort of cornerstone of, of my business, yes, it is like, it is about that. Um, but there's a gamma, and there's the yamas and niyamas in yoga, which are like the, about the founding principles of yoga tradition and the yogi practice. And one of them is called saucha, right? And that is clean, that Sanskrit word means cleanliness, and it's referring to cleanliness of mind and the purity of your thoughts, but also the cleanliness of your physical. Uh, experience so of your body of the space and how the physical space affects your internal reality and vice versa so if you're stressed out and you're in a mess and you're in a rush your place is usually untidy it's not clean you've got stuff everywhere and you feel scattered and you know disorganized and not really peaceful but then you know I don't know about you when I get to work the first thing I want to do is like tidy my desk make everything clean and organized because then your mind can be clean and organized and when I learned that in my yoga training I was like oh wow that can really be quite a powerful principle to bring into interior design because the external and the internal aren't really separate you know the, the only separation is you know we're living inside of our physical body and everything else is happening around it but it's it's interconnected and when you have that approach to interior design you can really start to affect people inside as well as make their space look really nice and, and be an extension of their personality and what they want you know mm. oh that's great yeah it's pretty cool yeah i like i like the whole concept behind it and and so any big projects right now that you're working on, you know, you don't have to get into too much detail, but is there anything specific that in, in a certain client that you noticed that you're really proud of that bringing it out into their space? I've actually, since I came back from Vancouver this time, mm -hmm. um, recently, I got a few, a couple of office design projects, mm -hmm. which has been really interesting with the whole people going back to work after COVID thing, you know, everyone's feeling a little bit out of the comfort zone going back to work and need to want to feel safe and having that opportunity to design a new office space for people coming back to work after COVID was like really great because I'm like, how can I make this environment still be a fun and productive place to be, but also feel welcoming and calming to the, to the mind. So that's really been really great. And it's helped me to 
um, enhance my creativity as well because it's the first time I've been designing office spaces. You know, I've always been a residential interior designer and in people's homes. And then I've done some hotel work as well, but office space is something completely different. Um, and it's been really, really cool to bring sort of the biophilic feel into that, you know, lots of plants and um, soft shapes and things like that, soothing colours. It's been really fun. Mm. And, okay, so how how different is it from residential um, and hotel? Because hotel, you kind of make it, f- unless it's kind of a unique boutique kind of hotel and themed like, you kind of m- want to make it feel like more like home for its mm. guests, right? So so is, is that kind of the same mentality that you're bringing into the office um, design? It's like you want to make these people feel like they're at home. I, my goal really is to make them feel calm because from a calm from a, from a calm mind you can make better decisions you can be more creative you can communicate more effectively you know that's really the goal is to is to make it feel like a calm environment to be in um so that people can be the best that they can be whilst they're doing their jobs mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah do you think that, that you know this mentality and this concept and this progression that you have in your career has a lot to do with your life experiences and how you've kind of navigated and conquered your your limitations your mind limitations um you know you, you without a shadow of a doubt 100 <laughs> you know when i when i started interior design i had no idea that i was a creative person i was just profoundly unhappy in my life and then i just you know, I got this opportunity to start designing show homes and I started being creative and I let my creativity come out and I was like, okay, wow, now I feel good because like creativity is like your God-given birthright. You know, we are here on this planet to create and when we don't, you know, we don't feel alive. So I started to be creative in my interior design and I was enjoying it and then like I said, there was a little bit of imposter syndrome and insecurity crept in and then I started to fall out of love with it a little bit and I started to push it away and I leaned more into my yoga. That's where I was at when I was meeting you mm-hmm. and met you for the first time. Then I kind of came around three, 360 and back to the interior design, but having had that experience, I was like, okay, A, I can do whatever the hell I want because I'm you know, a, a, a strong, intelligent, confident person. Um, and B, who says I can't? integrate yoga and spirituality with interior design mm-hmm. nobody yeah. it's just a, an you. expectation that you place on yourself a limitation that you place on yourself yeah. because other people around you aren't doing it because people don't understand it because it's a, maybe a little bit woo-woo a little bit weird still you know one thing that covid's done one positive thing that covid has done is make people take stock of what they're doing in their lives and who they have around them and their environment and they want to change things and that helps us all progress to a more joyful and peaceful state of being and if I can use my creativity and my spirituality to help people then I'm going to do that you know regardless of whether to an outsider who doesn't understand it looks weird like I don't care if I'm helping people and I get to be creative well whatever yeah and and like we had talked earlier before this podcast recording is that 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 also includes life like your relationships with past people exes past friendships you know like 
do what is best for you that brings joy and happiness into your life and absolutely yeah and it it doesn't matter who cares what other people think you know as long as you know you're not murdering anyone <laughs> <laughs> no i'm not doing that definitely yeah and i am not. <laughs> um, what, what i <laughs> what i am doing though is um you know I, I i've got to this point here and i'm feeling good about things but my my future goal is also i'm currently training as a life coach i think i told you this when i saw you last mm -hmm. because um you know eventually i want my business to be uh the foundation of interior design that sets you up for success in your own space mm -hmm. because like i just said it really helps you know when your space is an extension of you you feel calm you feel comfortable you feel you know like you set yourself up for success to then move through personal development work so i will eventually be offering interior design yoga and life coaching all together as one package because i want to help people in all realms of their lives um, you know, and I, I've had the life experience and I've got the, well, when I've done my training, I have the skill set to be able to do that. So, mm -hmm. yeah, you, you're definitely more confident in it. Like uh, for me, that's where my imposter syndrome comes in. I was like, what makes me qualified to share these stories? What makes me qualified to, mm -hmm. to, yeah. to create this podcast? Like, who am I, you know? And, um, I'm, I'm just a person with life experience and, but everybody has, different life experience i think um you know <laughs> it's funny because I, I was talking to my therapist about it and she's like you sound like in every relationship that you've been since your ex-fiance you've brought up people like you've encouraged them to step out of their comfort zone mm -hmm. and uplift them and i was like yeah i do that with a lot of my friends as well like i'm very like encouraging and and stuff she's like well she's like it's obvious that it was done by you and it was done by my ex-fiance i was so insecure and um like a brat <laughs> when him and i first started <laughs> dating you know I'm, I'm we probably, could all be brats <laughs> oh yeah but like he uplifted me he was confident he was humble he was patient he was compassionate and he gave me the safe space to step up and I think I, I took that from him and I've, I've provided that same kind of space for people to, to um, step up into their own and be a good friend. But the, the, it does take up a lot of energy. And I, as much as, you know, I, I relate to, to with you of wanting to help people. And this is why I'm doing this. You know, it's everyday stories with regular people, with regular uh, struggles that, Hopefully somebody will listen to you. It's like, oh, I'm going through the same thing. Oh, she's so inspirational. Like, I want people to hear your interview and be like, oh, my God, she was going through a dark time and she stepped or she helped herself out of it. And I wouldn't say you probably did on your own. You had a lot of support. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But being getting to a point where I could actually ask for that support mm -hmm. was very um, difficult. Mm -hmm. I've always been somebody who is, you know, independent and wanting to do things their own way. And I almost felt shame in asking for help. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until, you know, I, I had my experience doing my yoga training and a few other things. I, I don't remember exactly the, the path of exactly what happened. You know, I've been to therapy myself a few times as well, mm -hmm. just working through things. Now I realize that it takes strength to ask for help. You know, there's nothing weak about asking somebody to help you, whether it's helping you 
write a blog post or helping you navigate through a divorce, whatever it is, Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter big or small. If you have the courage to admit that you can't do this on your own and that you need somebody to help you, that's the bravest thing you can do. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's about uh, shame. It's getting over that shame and getting over that guilt. And we have this mentality that if we ask for help, yeah, we're weak. And like, um, especially with the whole therapist thing and psychologist, people are like, I'm not crazy. I'm not crazy. I'm not going to that. And I'm just like, well, then you're just afraid to look deep, deep into your, mm. deep into your issues. Uh, and yeah. it, it's, it, it's fear. It's fear that's holding you back. I think it's about uh, releasing shame and being able to ask for help is huge. And um, I like the fact that you keep it, that's just going to be included in your business. Like that's, um, that's definitely different than any interior designer I've worked with, <laughs> you know, and it's a different concept and, and different approach to it. Yeah. I, I, I do still have moments where I'm like, Oh my God, are people actually gonna like this? Like are people going to get it? You know, my ideal client is out there. I know they are. And I know at the right time, everything will fall into place. But, you know, I, I even still now have that, that fear of what am I doing? You know, no other interior designer does this. No other yoga teacher does this. No other, you know, but that's why I think it's good because we're going, we've been through such a crazy, weird two years. Everything's different now. People feel different, act different. Society as a whole is different. So the services that are provided to people need to be different. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Oh, I agree. COVID has changed the perspective of how people work, um, what what is more important in life, because you never know when you're going to lose somebody in a blink of an eye, right? Exactly, yeah. Mm -hmm. And so no change or no one's ever made an effect by staying at the social norms, right? Yeah. Like, you know, obviously this is not Martha Luther King, but he pushed the boundaries of of what was expected of him and um, of of his people. And I think that's where you make the most difference is being able to step outside the social norm, uh, question it and um, push its boundaries, push its comfort zone and um, create something different. and. You know, it's not going to be an overnight change or an overnight success, but that's work ethic, you know, and believing yeah. in yourself and having that confidence. Um, you know, you know, I tried to start this podcast two years ago before COVID. I was not mentally there um, and I questioned myself too much. I'm like, I'm like, who gives me the right, you know? And um, yeah, I still, I still think that. It's, but you don't listen to it anymore. That's the difference no. because you've grown around that limiting belief. Yeah. You know, I, I worked with an amazing life coach earlier this year for three months. And one of the things that she taught, which I think is so important to realize, is that you cannot destroy or remove a limiting belief because it's ingrained in you from your early childhood experiences. But what you can do is learn to ignore it. You know, and every time it speaks up, if you stay resilient in that, you know, positive growth mindset, then that voice becomes quieter and quieter and quieter until it's whisper and you just do it anyway. 
you're like, yeah, okay, I hear that old story and that's all it is. It's a narrative that's developed in my subconscious because of my past experiences. It's not truth and I can do whatever it is that I feel called to do because I have this calling for a reason and if I wasn't able to do it, I wouldn't be in this place thinking about doing it. Mm -hmm, Exactly. And I think it's, yeah, it's recognizing, oh, this is a just a pattern, you know, and I'm like, I'm, I love changing patterns. Yeah. <laughs> and and that, that, that goes back to our personal lives as well, right? Like, um, like I recognize now that I let people in that are, that I'm more comfortable around people with, or men, especially that are insecure, you know, and I'm like, I have to quote unquote fix them. And mm-hmm. I never really admitted that to myself and then now it's like, I ain't fixing anyone. <laughs> you fix yourself and uh, you come find me when you're fixed. <laughs> but it's- I think the important thing, though, in those sorts of situations is always asking why. Like, why, why do I attract these sorts of people? Why do I feel like I want to fix people? Why do I feel like why is that whatever it is that you feel? Because chances are that's you projecting and that's what you want to do. Well, it's me projecting because it not because I want to do it for myself because someone did it for me. Like my ex fiance did that for me. And, um, and it's also, uh, old patterns. Oh, I, I've dug deep into this. Um, my father was insecure. He cheated on our family. He, uh, gaslighted us saying it was our fault or my mom's fault that he did all of this and he never took ownership. And I always wanted to be like, to teach him to take ownership, to teach him to, uh, you know, what he was doing wrong and, and all this stuff. And, but it was more like now I look back at it, it well, now I understand it, um, is because really it's my ex fiance who helped me step out of that and kind of come onto my own. I want to give to people as much as he gave to me. Oh, yeah, I think even, you know, even the relationships that don't work out the way that you think they would do and you know in the way that you both potentially hoped that they would do doesn't mean that they failed you know no because absolutely not. you can teach each other things and help each other grow in so many different ways whatever happens happens and it's for the best and mm-hmm. like we were saying before the before the recording those people come into your life and you do your best that you can to to keep them in whatever way that they are there, you know, friends with exes is like you say, a social norm that's like, um, no, you should not do that. That's unhealthy. Like who says it's unhealthy? If it works for you, it makes you happy. You're still helping each other grow. Mm-hmm. Nobody's harboring, you know, any kind of feelings that they're not expressing. You can be friends with whoever the hell you want, you know. Mm-hmm. Back to what I said about the yoga training, putting yourself into a box all the time and being, oh, I should do this, should do that. It's, a, it's not no way to be happy. Like you do you. Mm-hmm. As long as you're not murdering anyone, like you say, you <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, if the intention is not to hurt other people, it's do you. And it, and it's ego, too. Like, people have a hard time forgiving their exes and all this stuff and or forgiving people in general. And, um, you know, uh, my ex wasn't a bad person. He was lost and he projected a lot of his insecurities on me and in our relationship and it took a toll and um, it didn't define our relationship. We helped each other grow in so many ways. He literally has his career now 
because, and he would be the first to admit it, it was because he saw how ambitious and determined and driven I was that it inspired him to be the same way. Wow. Yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah. And so, like, um, when he had those limitation, limiting beliefs in himself, he he didn't ask for help. I just fucking gave it. <laughs> I'd be like, you can do it. <laughs> yeah, you can do this. <laughs> you know? And he did it. I think we have to release um, things within ourselves. Like for you, um, you release those limitation beliefs and those imposter syndrome thoughts. Um, and uh, for us to push ourselves to the next level and to step out of our comfort zone because it is easy to fall back into those insecurities and into those imposter thoughts and and how we talk to ourselves because that's what we grew up with that's what we knew you know but then also that i know some people whose parents were super encouraging and they came out very egotistical yeah so so i think there's got to be a balance <laughs> and i think you yes. have absolutely it's all about balance life is all about balance and i think you absolutely um found your balance you look extremely happy even though you've gone through some recent breakups i know you're working hard you don't look like you're you know tired <laughs> or stressed well do you want to know something actually i literally just before i came here uh, had been in a float pod <laughs> that's why I was late because I was like I've got to not rush after this float you know like gotta look after me so I have been really stressed out this week with the projects and things like that so I was like I'm just gonna have a little chill time so it's like like you say having the balance of having the goals having the drive and the ambition to reach those goals not being afraid to work and put in the work but then also knowing when to take stock of what's going on around you, how you feel inside your body and go, okay, now I really need to just take the foot off of the accelerator, pump the brakes, chill for a bit, you know, mm -hmm. um, because you can't, you can't be successful if you don't rest. Yeah. A hundred percent. And two, like, I find like, um, uh, sacrificing relationships and friendships and, and family time, you know, connection with people is important. And mm -hmm. it is absolutely inspiring for people who are driven and ambitious in their career and in life. But to also take time, a relationship with yourself is important, but a relationship with your people, your, your, your tribe, your support, um, I think is, is very important. And I find that, um, you know, living in a city without any blood family around, my my family are the people I surround myself with and my support are the ones that care about me and love me and that will uplift me when I do ask for help. And I yeah. think that's that's that their encouragement and their support is is very important and there's gotta be a balance with ambition and relationships and you know, commitment to yourself and to other people as well. Yeah. So Melissa, let's oh Oh, this is a good one. We talked about everything. I know. <laughs> um, actually, what is the best thing ever, in your opinion? Mine is my dog. <laughs> I know you hate him. <laughs> I don't hate anybody. That's true. Anybody. You and Deacon yes. have a love-dislike relationship. <laughs> 
he's uh yeah i mean i'm a cat person so yeah you know, yeah it, it's a stretch but no i don't hate him um what's the best thing ever oh my god um i think the best thing ever is when you feel in alignment with who you truly are and you're just going with the flow and doing your own thing and things start to just unfold naturally without pushing or forcing or trying to control that is the best thing ever when you can just sit back and enjoy what life is doing you know that to me is the best thing ever oh that's amazing (laughs) so where can people find you um and your business if they want to uh hire you for your services your interior design your yoga your life coaching so at the moment my um my website is melissainteriordesign.co.uk um, and my Instagram is at, uh, at Melissa underscore interior design. Um, I'm still in the process of developing the life coaching. The, um, I'm calling it holistic lifestyle design. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm in the process of, of sorting that. This coming year, 2022, is my year for that. So that is holisticlifestylecoach.co. Um, and you watch that space because there'll be some cool stuff coming. Oh, yay. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Melissa, thank you for taking the time to chat with us today. Welcome to this episode's reflection section. I loved how Melissa just pushed herself and she pushed the boundaries of social norms to get what makes her truly happy, um, especially with her business. There isn't, I haven't found at least a lot of interior design firms that take uh, their passion or inspiration from nature and infuse with yogi philosophy or yoga philosophy um, into their work. So it's quite interesting. And um, she's definitely taking a niche approach, niche, niche approach, yeah, niche approach into her business. but. It is all about her and it is all about what she loves and and what she's passionate about. And um, yeah, so good for her. Like we said in the interview, when her and I first met, she had this imposter syndrome and um, didn't feel comf- confident, confident in working in a firm that I had uh, referred her to. Um, Melissa's very smart and she's very good at what she does and she's a hard worker and she's very ambitious and um, she I think confidence has got her to where she is now but that takes time that takes work Um, especially you know if you have been have gone through a lot of life experience where um, you've been beaten emotionally mentally intellectually um, beating down and that takes a lot of work to grow out of that mental state and to actually believe and build confidence in yourself. Um, you know, I'm not saying that Melissa had had gone through that. I'm sure she has gone through a lot of life experiences where she didn't feel confident in herself and in her capabilities and abilities. And, and now she is this confident, calm, and um, has her own business. So, you know... It just proves that once you build a relationship, a confident, positive relationship with yourselves, 
you're able to do anything, really. Um, okay, maybe not fly to the moon or anything, but um, uh, it, it's about mindsets. And But if you believe uh, your capabilities and what you want to do and you're really passionate about it, and, you know, you can do it. <laughs> I think you just got to put in the work to do it and not be afraid of failure. Easier said than done, I know. Um, you know, when I first started thinking of doing this podcast, I was scared of failure. And, and then I also didn't know how to start doing this podcast. But then just a little bit of educa- educating myself, um, watching YouTube videos, reading up on how to start podcasts, talking to people about it, getting people's different perspectives, um, started giving me the confidence because I was getting the knowledge that I needed to actually begin. And so I think what holds people back is that they are afraid, push the boundaries and step out of the social norms and question it. And then they compare themselves to other people or other situations. This isn't normal. Um, This isn't what everyone else is doing. Um, am I going to be successful because nobody else is interested in it or is nobody else is doing it? And that's where Melissa definitely exceeds. And that's what she loves, that she added a different perspective into the interior design world and she made it her own. Um, making an impact is about being able to step out of the social norms and question it. Like, why isn't everyone doing interior design with a holistic background or or yoga philosophy um that's where i think you become successful is when you're able to push the social norms just that extra step to make yours your business or your idea better than the rest i think when we tap into why and understand why things are done the, the way they are and why the majority population do it, it doesn't necessarily mean that what the society does or what everyone else is doing is right. Um, It's just that majority of people feel like it's right for them, but not necessarily right for everyone. And I think that's where most humans make their mistakes in life is that they try to fit in into people or or and society's expectations you know, and then it feels foreign to them. It doesn't feel right. They care what other people think if they step outside of social norms. And that's where we go wrong. And we got to understand that we have to do it for ourselves. And that's successful just on its own. When we learn to do things that is more authentic and genuine to us rather than following the social norms and um and what everyone else is doing uh my personal example again is back to jackson here um and my relationship with my old best friend or my ex-fiance for 13 years everyone was getting married after university they were getting houses together getting dogs together and then getting married and then having kids and You know, it was just so linear and (laughs) common and it didn't feel right to me. It felt foreign. I 
I felt like there was more beyond the boundaries of our hometown. And yes, when I was younger, because that's what everyone else did, I wanted it too. But then when we got engaged and when I got back from university, um, that year was a miserable year for me. Yes, I was in a relationship. Yes, we were in committed. We were committed to each other. Yes, we were about to get married. And it just didn't feel right. It didn't feel right to be there. It didn't feel right to be in that linear path anymore. And yes, everyone did it. Everyone in my hometown did the exact same thing. They all got married almost the exact same time as well. Or it was the same. And it just didn't feel right to me. And so when I broke up with Jackson, Everyone questioned it. Everyone thought I was nuts and crazy. And then, when, and then when I moved to a new city two weeks after we broke up, everyone even thought I was more crazy. <laughs> you know, and it's funny because I remember going back to my hometown, uh, I think maybe six, seven months after Jackson and I broke up and I went in for a wedding and I saw some of my old friends. And uh, somebody said to me was, uh, uh, sorry, give it a little context here. Jackson was already seeing somebody at that time when I got back and um, he was in a relationship. And so when I got back from that wedding or when I got back for that wedding, one of my friends asked me if I was seeing someone and I said, no. And then she said to me, don't worry. One day you'll be happy when you're in a relationship. (laughs) And I was like, I'm happy now, bitch. (laughs) I didn't call her a bitch. (laughs) And it just showed me that I was going to be outcast because I didn't follow the linear path that everyone else did. And it actually motivated me to stay single a little bit longer and find happiness for myself on my own. Um, and it was actually the best thing that ever happened to me because, well, other than break up with Jackson, but I came on to my own and it led me to this podcast and it led me to pure happiness. And Melissa could say the same thing is that her struggles and um, her uh, imposter syndrome in quotations, um, led her to finding happiness in what she wanted to do in her career and start her own business as an interior designer. Now she's extremely happy, very confident in her life and in her work. And yeah, and, you know, I think people who combine their passions into their job isn't really working. (laughs) They're not working. They're just living life. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. And if you are wanting to share your waking up from breaking up story, we are happy to hear it. Please reach out to us uh, directly through email at Ira, that's Y-R-A, at wakingupfrombreakingup.com or reach us through our Instagram at wakingupfrombreakingup. Don't forget to tune into next week's episode. And before I go, I'm going to leave you with this. Be honest with your words, be kind with your actions, be fearless with your heart, and be brave enough to be vulnerable. Thank you for listening. Lots of love.